The third pair of Winnipeg and Dallas sitting fifth and sixth actually don't play till Tuesday, and either way, will remain outside looking in on the playoff picture at present. Chicago really nicely battles the last place Pacific Division team that's not as out of it as Arizona is in the Central Division 8 spot, who play the East's worst team for essentially the ability to be with a loss last in the NHL. Like I said, it's rather context tidy big picture to small helpful NHL game scheduling for this two-part podcast. The first part was online while Colorado and Minnesota were in the first in their afternoon game. Likewise, I added this update prior to posting the second part as it was going to be, I anticipate, up during the afternoon games Arizona and Chicago play today. It did solve on whether I would do a straight cut or put the intro at the beginning of the second part, not having done a two-part edition lately. And in telling you that, the content is up to date to Sunday night, yesterday. Welcome to Central Division Hockey, the podcast. I'm Tim Bickle. Dallas has played an extra game to Winnipeg, who remain a point up, and the two teams both with fewer games played than St. Louis and Nashville in the Central Division, but most of the wildcard competing Pacific Division teams makes it a little more deceptive just how far back these two teams are as it relates to the playoff picture. The simplification is six Central Division teams aren't getting into the playoffs. It's not allowed. Minnesota currently holds the first wildcard spot, but Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Nashville are all above 600 point percentage. So with both Winnipeg and Dallas below that point percentage, they are playing for the last wildcard spot with a more evenly distributed point Pacific Division group. Simply either one of Winnipeg or Dallas making the playoffs required they win more than they currently are as a starting point. If both do, realistically, one of Nashville or St. Louis struggling below their current point percentage would likely be the only way both Winnipeg and Dallas would make this year's playoffs. One of the current four top Central Division teams needs to fall back. But for five division teams to make the Western Conference playoff cutoff, the two wildcard Central Division teams need to be both better than the fourth place Pacific Division team. It's still a real possibility this year. Winnipeg, a 3-0 road win in Detroit Thursday. In the lone road game for Winnipeg due to postponed games due to attendance restrictions in Canada, Winnipeg won its expected win game on the backs of Michigan-born players, no less. Winnipeg goalie Connor Halbeck, Commerce, Michigan, picked up his second shutout of the year, making 33 saves. The Winnipeg lineup affected by injury and COVID absences had Andrew Cobb, Ann Arbor, Michigan, in a top six role, get two goals, one in the first and one in the second, and Winnipeg goal team leader Kyle Connor, Shelby Township, Michigan scored his 20th into an empty net in the third, the day he was announced as Winnipeg's all-star representative. Winnipeg defenseman Dylan Sandberg and 
Declan Chisholm played their first NHL games as several notable Winnipeg players were out. Detroit isn't basement dwelling this year like recent years, but they haven't fully turned the competitive corner on their rebuild quite yet either. Winnipeg picked up the expected points, and even with regulars out of the lineup such as forwards Paul Statsny, Nick Ehlers, Captain Blake Wheeler, and defenseman Brendan Dillon, notably, Winnipeg still needed to get the points. Winnipeg's schedule to make up postponements is going to be another challenge yet ahead, especially if it is extremely condensed as it's expected to be. Winnipeg up against the cap does need a top nine natural right winger. I'd have already gone and got one if I were GM Kevin Dayoff and acquired that player. It's not a knock on the organizational forward depth. It's just top six right winger Blake Wheeler has been injured most of the year and only Nick Ehlers excels on his off wing. Winnipeg, 34 games played, 17-12-5 record, 39 points, 5th in the central, 574 point percentage, streak, winners of 1, goal differential plus 3. Winnipeg's in Washington Tuesday, plays a key division game Thursday in Nashville, and in Boston Saturday. Those three teams currently just are all over 650 point percentage, and those are exactly the teams if Winnipeg wants to make it back into the playoff mix they need to win against. And it's losses to teams above the cutoff line if Winnipeg don't beat them that will keep the Jets below it. Winnipeg, to me, couldn't afford to lose to Detroit, and they didn't, but that doesn't necessarily mean they get five of six points that they are required here to start climbing up the Central Division standings. A win in the division game versus Nashville extremely helpful but the other two eastern conference games winnipeg needs to get points in as many if not all of its upcoming games it's a lot to expect that winnipeg can possible but not probable covid injury update winnipeg list goalie eric comrie defenseman brendan dillon forward paul stastny on the covid list forward blake wheeler knee yevgeny sveshnikov david gustafson cj cease additionally forwards out to injury With the theme of expected wins, Dallas not winning on back-to-back in Florida and Tampa Bay isn't a surprise. The Florida teams were the expected winners. That's the toughest two road games set to have to play this year for any NHL team. And Winnipeg will have that same challenge in April. It's fair to say Dallas's loss total simply includes that trip now, whereas Winnipeg's doesn't yet. I also won't sound too critical on Dallas on the road in this two-game state of Florida set. Any team getting a point, let alone a win, in this road set is impressive. I think St. Louis managed a shootout loss point, and somehow Nashville will play Tampa Bay and Florida, but not in consecutive games on this year's NHL schedule. Although Nashville, traveling back from Tampa Bay to play Minnesota at home on back-to-backs is hardly an ease of schedule by comparison. Dallas's 7-1 road loss. Dallas was the middle game of Florida's three-game homestand where they beat Vancouver 5-2 before Dallas and on back-to-back then beat Columbus 9-2 after the home game versus Dallas. Dallas gave up the opening tic-tac goal off the rush and another to be down two on a poor defensive play. Florida took over in the second, putting two more past Dallas goalie Jake Oninger to end his night and then two more on Dallas goalie Anton Hudobin in relief to be up 6 nothing through two. 
A minute six seconds into the third, Dallas's Rope Hints goal prevents Florida's goalie, Sergei Barboski's shutout bid. Florida Sam Bennett added his third to complete a hat trick. Florida won for two on the power play with a 39-30 shot and goal advantage. Dallas didn't start on time. They didn't have attention to details, especially in the defensive zone. And don't fault the Dallas goalies. The grade A high danger scoring chances Florida created and forced with Dallas defensive zone turnovers and neutral zone ones was part and parcel the level of compete Florida played with over 60 minutes that Dallas didn't play with. Dallas, a 3-1 road loss in Tampa Bay Saturday. Jason Robertson, lower body, joined Alex Radulov and Denis Gurionov as unable to play in Tampa the next night. And while Dallas defenseman Essel Lindell's seeing-eye point shot opened scoring in the first, Dallas simply didn't generate offense and get to the net enough to get more goals. While defensively better in front of goalie Hudobin, who got the start of net, a late first-period power play goal had the score tied after one. A scoreless second in which Tampa Bay outshot Dallas 9-2, that Dallas was fortunate to be even after 40 minutes with Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay connected on a stretch pass breakaway beauty and added an empty net goal to win in the third, but Tampa Bay certainly controlled the bulk of the play. So while we can say there was better effort Saturday, that was nice to see, it still didn't get Dallas any points. Tampa Bay goalie Andre Vasileski allowing one goal against while needing to make 19 saves additionally. So you appreciate my point of Dallas not creating enough offensively to win on the road. Saturday reports resurfaced on 32 Thoughts, second intermission on Hockey Night in Canada, with Jeff Merrick saying that Dallas was ramping up their efforts to trade right-hand defenseman, 29-year-old John Klingberg. Carolina has been an interested team that keeps coming up, and it had me look at Carolina's roster. Could Dallas obtain right-hand defenseman 27-year-old Brett Pesci, one-for-one, that salary-wise, is nearly equal? Klingberg, $4.25 million, and Pesci, $4.025 million. It fits under both teams' caps, and Dallas would have Pesci under contract for two more years at that cost. I'd, if I were Dallas, make that trade. I like Carolina's Pesci. I haven't any reason to think Carolina wants to trade Pesci. In fact, if I were Carolina, I wouldn't make that trade. And what throws me is what is driving all this is that Klingberg wants a long-term high AAV deal. And where is Carolina, notoriously cheap in re-signing players, going to give the AAV that Dallas won't for Klingberg? Pesci's play and cost certainty Carolina, I'm sure, wants to keep, and certainly in a one-for-one, seems to be the better player to have on your roster. To me, it's winger Nino Niederreiter Carolina would probably want to move instead. There's a 5.25 million 29-year-old, also pending unrestricted free agent like Klingberg is, except I'm not sure an aging forward return for Klingberg does anything to improve Dallas While switching up the forward group isn't the worst idea for Dallas either, it shouldn't come at the expense of making their D group worse. Klingberg for Vincent Trocek instead? 
and Carolina retaining salary, that's still swapping pending unrestricted free agents between the teams. Dallas and Carolina do play a similar style as trading partners that makes a deal between the teams appealing. Hopefully there is an actual trade and I can stop speculating on a potential one. The key is Dallas has to want a playable NHL player return. They have a veteran team. They aren't, I don't believe, wanting picks and prospects dealing a top four defenseman in Klingberg away. Dallas, 35 games played, 18-15-2 record, 38 points, 6 in the central, 543 point percentage, streak, losers of 2, goal differential minus 7. Dallas will host Montreal Tuesday after the Canadians play Monday in Arizona. Dallas will likely rebound from the road losses quickly at home because they're at home. However, Dallas, after Montreal, plays 4 on the road in Buffalo Thursday, in Detroit Friday, and in Philly and New Jersey into next week. It's the four non-playoff Eastern Conference road games on Dallas's schedule that Dallas absolutely needs to demonstrate winning on the road in. Dallas has an easier upcoming strength of schedule than Winnipeg. Dallas also needs to start to win on the road. These are as optimal conditions for Dallas to be able to get on a road game winning streak is pretty much what I'm saying. If they can't do it over this stretch, red flags go up. Injury COVID update. Dallas is without forward Alexander Radulov, Tanner Kiro, and defenseman Andre Sekera on the COVID list. Forward Jason Robertson out with a lower body injury. Let's take a break and come back with a look at Chicago and Arizona and more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast after this. Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months, now through December 2nd. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com slash holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com slash holiday. Welcome back. Looking at the last pair of division teams currently that won't make this year's playoffs. However, in saying that, Chicago continues to inch closer to respectability while most haven't been paying attention. 
The team's four-game win streak included an expected win over Montreal, but an upset on Anaheim. And that's solely based on Anaheim being above the playoff cutoff and a Pacific Division playoff team currently. Be aware, Chicago at 451 point percentage still has not arrived at the 500 mark. And given that a team in the Central Division isn't a playoff team until they are over 600 point percentage at present, it's really still a long ways away. Take, for example, Winnipeg. 574 point percentage doesn't snag the last wild card playoff spot at present. Although with games in hand, Calgary a point behind being in the Pacific Division top three teams, also with games in hand, would move another team with a lower point percentage into that last wild card spot. That winning to that point percentage in the games in hand would snag it. For Chicago, that means for this current win streak, they are nearing in on 500 hockey, where they put themselves on the outer edges of playoff talk, but will still need to get further above that mark to really enter the wild card playoff mix discussion. That doesn't take away from the team's recent success. It still requires Chicago moving ahead of six teams in the wild card race to land in the last wild card spot. Only Vancouver is below 500 point percentage in the standings of that group of teams ahead of Chicago, and they still point percentage have a better record and two more points than Chicago entering Monday's games. Chicago, a 3-2 overtime home win over Montreal Thursday. Honestly, Montreal makes for a snooze fest on the watchability meter. A good first and a Dominique Kubalik Chicago goal gives Chicago a 1-0 lead. Penalties, three minors by Chicago, help Montreal push back in the second with two goals, including a power play goal. A Patrick Kane power play goal early in the third for Chicago ties the game. And Chicago's Philip Kurashev, who had multiple chances to score in regulation, nets the overtime game-winning goal. It wasn't a particularly well-played game in Chicago was as the 31-29 shot and goal advantage they had indicates equal to a Montreal team that has overtaken Arizona for last place. Chicago should win this home game and they probably shouldn't need extra time to do it as they did to get the win. It doesn't matter if Chicago gets the two points and the Kubalik and Kurashev goals especially good as Chicago hasn't had a lot of contributors putting in goals down their lineup. Those two getting goals is actually some of the non-existent secondary scoring the Chicago team requires to be able to win, although Kubalik is primary scoring really as a top six player that with seven goals has struggled to this point in the season. Again, with 27 saves, Chicago going Mark andre Fleury is Chicago's best player helping Chicago win. Chicago 3-0 home win over Anaheim Saturday. A second period goal by Brandon Hagel opened the scoring. A third period power play goal by Kane in consecutive games. And a Kubalik empty net goal paced Chicago to a 3-0 home win over Anaheim. Just prior to Hagel's goal, Anaheim nearly scored. But rookie defenseman Jacob Galvis clears it off the Chicago goal line. And Riley Stillman... 
shortly after with an active stick prevents another near goal to get the puck to then coming out of the penalty box Chicago defenseman Eric Gustafson who sets Hagel up. Again, Chicago goalie Fleury is required to come up big throughout the game to pick up his third shutout, and he is the key to Chicago having a 1-0 lead after 40 minutes going into the third. If Chicago is going to win, it's a requirement Fleury plays above expected as he has after a slow start along with the rest of this team. Anaheim has struggled to score goals and is without its required equalizer goalie John Gibson. Chicago won on back-to-backs against Anaheim goalie Lucas Dostal in his second NHL start because backup Anthony Stolarz started the game Anaheim played in Minnesota the night before. That's also part of Chicago being able to take advantage of the good schedule timing. Teams need to because the schedule at other times is a disadvantage as well. And to me, over the full 82-game schedule, it balances out for all the teams comparatively. The key, as Chicago did, is to get the win on a team with a better record, missing their starting goalie on back-to-back road games. Chicago won, but don't oversell what a quick look at the standings suggests was a big upset here. Anaheim lacks organizational depth most true playoff teams have. Under ideal lineup conditions, Anaheim is tougher to beat this year. Gibson, a starting point. But especially when teams thought they would be pushovers, unable to score like the last several years off the season start, Anaheim younger players are producing more goals. Teams playing them now expect Anaheim to compete more, and that early season bump Anaheim had is now ancient history. It's likely Anaheim, because of their lack of depth, doesn't make the playoffs again this year. Anaheim reached the midpoint 41 games played mark in this game and have a 549 point percentage. They are above the cutoff based on points having played the most games. It's deceptively propped up. It's to say Edmonton and Calgary are comparatively as close to Anaheim for the third playoff Pacific Division spot. That trio are all struggling at present, and Anaheim, if knocked out of that spot, both additionally Winnipeg and Dallas, are comparatively in the wildcard spot race with the fourth place Pacific Division team. And more on the Pacific Division in a bit. Chicago, 38 games played, 15-18-5 record, 35 points, 7th in the Central, 451 point percentage, streak, winners of 4, goal differential, minus 30. Chicago plays in Seattle in the hopes of continuing on their current four-game win streak. You should expect a low-scoring affair. Chicago ranks 30th and Seattle 31st in average shots on goal in the NHL per game if you want a metric on why to expect a low score. On the upcoming weekend, Chicago plays a home and on the road back-to-back versus Minnesota divisional rivalry two set of games before playing in Colorado next week. The true test of where the upward Chicago team looks to be trending is in the three division games against the Central Division top two 
point percentage ones in Minnesota and Colorado. As Chicago inches close to 500 record-wise, you can hold that possibility at bay unless Chicago can find a way to beat two well-built Central Division teams over three games. After a possible win in Seattle, the expected losses over the three division game stretch after will add more losses to a team in Chicago that's still not quite at the 500 mark, thus making it more difficult for Chicago to get to that mark for the first time this year. Until Chicago is even at 500, they remain a team that's playoffs aspirations are a non-starter this year as they remain at present. Injury COVID update, Chicago is without forward Kirby Dock, Dylan Strom, Brett Connolly for COVID reasons, Tyler Johnson, Reese Johnson are on IR, and Seth Jones is out undisclosed. Yes, Arizona took Colorado to a shootout in Colorado Friday in what Arizona fans could accidentally consider near to winning a game in their shootout loss. Colorado not getting four points, as they did, is all really anyone cares about outside of Arizona. To recap the scores of the games discussed in the first part of this edition in detail in the Colorado segment, Arizona 4-3 road shootout loss in Colorado Friday, where they picked up that loser point, and Arizona 5-0 home loss to Colorado Saturday in Darcy Kemper's return to the desert. Arizona's defense group is without Jacob Trickin, Anton Strollman, and Connor Timmins, who was unable to play against his former team because of injury. And the question of whether that means Colorado's 4-3 shootout win, Arizona getting the loser point, and the 5-0 Arizona home loss was against, well, half of Arizona's better D prospects. Otherwise, who would be playing in Tucson had those three NHL-capable defensemen been available is arguable. The Friday game was about Colorado not really playing a defensively sound game than anything Arizona did. It's just to say, had those three guys been in the lineup, would we have really marketably different results? Probably not. The Saturday game, when Colorado did play a two-way game, Arizona had nothing for real offensive grade-A scoring chances. Had they played that way at home, the score would more reflect that if not be even more lopsided. The issue of Arizona's ability to score goals is really evident against a team playing good defense, and with Colorado's Gabriel Landeskog's return, Arizona without a true scoring line, a true shutdown line to battle Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen, and, well, Arizona's inability to line matchup at home against, well, Any line of a well-built cup-contending team is what you should really take away from this two-game set. If you think an Arizona lineup in full health would be any more competitive than the Arizona lineup that dressed in these two games, well, okay, slightly on the D group maybe, but you don't win games when you don't score any goals. Not that I've watched Montreal, the Eastern Conference basement dwellers, much except against Central Division teams who last year Montreal, of course, went to the Stanley Cup Finals, to this year find themselves battling for the first overall lottery pick. But the difference Arizona was planning to, whereas Montreal's current write-off season was not as a stark difference between the teams planned. Arizona is playing just good enough to play themselves out of last place and the better lottery ball percentage to get the first pick. 
And it's the only thing relevant when we talk about Arizona because they're not getting into the playoff mix. As bad as they are, Arizona is kind of collecting more points than they want to as they are nearing to 300-point percentage than my expected 200-point percentage. And the goal here for Arizona is to tank. That's not a positive. The NHL rejigged the lower teams getting more of a shot of getting the first pick. That means the lower a team is in the standings, the better chance of snagging it. Teams just missing the playoff by comparison, it's now nearly impossible to land the first pick in the lottery, now like the New York Rangers did landing Lafreniere recently as an example of a team that did it. The off-ice roster decision on who of the prime age current Arizona team GM Bill Armstrong keeps is the real storyline to follow, and hopefully along with talking about Arizona losing games. An exodus of, as I spoke of the core prime age players in Arizona, is a concern if it's too many of them. And trust me, I'm all for watching Toronto or Vegas, especially lose to Arizona, but a little less of Arizona winning overall helps in the standings and could go a long way to helping gain that number one lottery spot like montreal against chicago looked awful seattle i can't remember when they last won a game i certainly didn't watch it buffalo upset nashville recently but they aren't doing good at all comparatively either ottawa messed up in their rebuild moving too many prime age players that you never know if they're going to win or lose on any given night and Arizona should be below all those teams point-wise, and yet, if you look at the standings, it's a lot closer than it should be. Arizona, 36 games played, 8-24-4 record, 20 points, 8th in the central, 278-point percentage streak, losers of 1, goal differential minus 61. Arizona has the Lottery Bowl game Monday afternoon at home to Montreal, best name I've heard given to the contest between the NHL's current worst two teams, and there's a good chance Arizona wins the game. They don't want to. Arizona then has a four-game road trip Wednesday in New Jersey, Friday at the New York Islanders, and Saturday at the New York Rangers, and next week they play in Pittsburgh. Arizona likely won't go 500 on the road trip, but between New Jersey or the New York Islanders, they could win a game on the road that they'd probably be better losing. Injury COVID update, goalie Scott Wedgwood, defenseman Anton Strawman, Kyle Capiobianco, Cam Deneen out due to COVID. Injuries, defenseman Jacob Chikrin, Connor Timmins, goalie Carter Hutton, forwards Barrett Heaton, Jay Bagel, and Dimitri Yaskin. A quick Pacific Division look, Vegas I mentioned is first, as expected, in the Pacific Division. Vegas's 615 point percentage ranks fifth in the Western Conference. That's the first indication that the Pacific is playing at the level the Central Division teams are. Minnesota, the current first wildcard playoff holding team, has a better points percentage, and that's downright making me wish it was the former all-conference playoff structure of the best eight teams making the playoffs. LA has moved into second in the Pacific. That's because the three teams playing the worst over the last 10 in the conference were at one time in those three Pacific Division playoff spots, 
Anaheim, Calgary, and Edmonton. Anaheim currently still, but the Canadian teams have games in hand, although not particularly playing better than Anaheim is. San Jose holds the second wildcard West conference spot, but all of Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Dallas point percentage-wise are better record-wise with games in hand. They just have less points. As for LA, they are playing the best of the Pacific Division teams of late, that with Vegas, those two look to stay above the playoff line in that division, while the third Pacific spot is anyone's guess, and likewise Winnipeg and Dallas and the three Pacific Division Canadian teams, all with games in hand, Calgary, Edmonton, and we can even throw Vancouver in there, all can with winning land in that last wildcard spot. The catch is, of course, it's that one playoff wildcard spot. And what's better for the Pacific Division teams, it's actually as easy to get into the third spot in the Pacific Division and in the playoffs as it is to hold the second wildcard spot. Two Central Division teams could snag the wildcard spots if the Pacific Division continues to underperform as they mostly have been lately. The key here is that Dallas and Winnipeg both can't do it unless St. Louis and or Nashville were to fall out of their current in-playoff positions. Thanks for listening to Central Division Hockey, the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube page for free. And you can follow me at SendDivHockey on Twitter for more. you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want i'll have an old-fashioned i'll have a margarita now you can with the bartesian home cocktail maker bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button choose from over 50 different cocktails from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today you'll always get freshly mixed perfectly balanced cocktails with the bartesian cocktail maker and now get bartesian's best black friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday entertaining the bartesian is ideal for parties no need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds the bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail now get bartesian's best black friday deal ever it's available right now only at bartesian.com holiday that's b-a-r-t-e-s-i-a-n.com holiday for bartesian's best deal ever only at bartesian.com holiday Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.